Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And welcome to Going Pear-Shaped, a proud member of the Audio Entropy Network. This is a podcast where we talk about kind of just whatever we feel like. Hey, Matt. What's that, Mike? Uh, you know, I used to be really into CSI, like really, really into CSI. That's funny you mentioned that because I used to be really into Law and Order and I used to watch it super late at night on a super shitty TV that I kept up on my loft. Yep, that, that's the thing. Crime dramas are real good for watching in reruns at random times on just shitty networks. Typically at like one in the morning, I think. Yeah, although I went a lot further with CSI. Like, do you want to know how many seasons of CSI I have on DVD sitting in my closet gathering dust? Do I... Do I... Do I? Yes, you do. Okay. Nine. Okay. Why? <laughs> well, uh, again, I used to be really, really into that show. And uh, the reason I stopped at nine is because that's when William Peterson left the show. And you were like, fuck it! No William Peterson needs no sale! Well, I mean, that was kind of it. The thing is, because it's a crime drama, like, cast members come and go a lot. But, like, he was the main dude that was kind of holding the show together. And then he left, and he was replaced by um, uh, by Lawrence Fishburne. And I was actually, like, I was totally on board with that, because I love Lawrence Fishburne. But the character they gave Lawrence Fishburne to play was really, really boring. Like, really boring. He got nothing to do. And so uh, I I bailed. And apparently after I bailed, I guess he only stuck around for, like, like two and a half seasons or something, and then he got replaced by Ted Danson, who uh, ran out the show for the rest of its run. So, uh, so CSI was on for a total of fucking 16 seasons, and it had three spinoffs. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, um, so, so there was CSI Miami, which created the famous like internet meme of, like, put on your glasses, say a shitty one-liner, and then the Who kicks in. And then CSI New York, which I just had Gary Sinise in it, and I guess they talked about 9-11 a lot, question mark. <laughs> And then there was uh, CSI Cyber, which was you know how, you know how network crime dramas are real bad about explaining stuff that have to do with computers. I don't know what you're talking about. They're really fantastic at it. Well, they decided to make uh, an entire show that was a spinoff of CSI and focused entirely on being a CBS crime drama about computer stuff. Please tell me they never actually did any research and they were bullshit winging it the entire time. I've never seen it, but I can guarantee that's what happened. I think I need to watch that show now. I was totally unaware of this show's existence until you just mentioned it. Yeah, so were most people. Um, it, yeah, it was like the last uh, spinoff to come around, and I think I think shortly after it started was when the main show got cancelled, and then I, I think it lasted maybe a season or two. I don't remember. So, I'm trying to think, how many fucking total seasons were there of that show then, like, roughly ballparking it? What, including the spinoffs? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Um, I can I can look this up and maybe do a little math if you want to bullshit for a little while. Yeah, sure. Because I'm trying to think, Miami was, like, super popular, wasn't it? Or was that just the internet that made that into a thing? Well, uh, which one, CSI Miami? Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty big hit. Uh, it was never as big a hit as the original, um, but it was absolutely a hit. Uh, CSI New York was as well to a lesser extent. And then you get Law of Diminishing Returns, and I guess that's when you get CSI Cyber Warfare or whatever the fuck it was called or whatever the hell you said it was called. It's just CSI Cyber because that's that's really... Wait, wait it's seriously just it Cyber? It was seriously just called CSI oh Cyber. Oh my god. <laughs> You are actually fucking with me. There's I no am they did that. not good, sir. Oh, Jesus Christ. They actually yeah. called the show CSI. CSI Cyber. Yeah. Okay, Fuck so me. let's so let's see. Help me with the help me with this math, all right? Um, okay. I got these I got these uh Wikipedia pages open. All right. So let's see. Okay, so uh CSI Vanilla, 16 seasons. Okay, 16. Okay. Uh CSI Miami, 10 seasons. 26. Uh, CSI New York, nine seasons. Um, 35. CSI Cyber, two. <laughs> How many seasons? Two. 37. So 37 total seasons Holy. of some flavor of CSI. Holy shit. So here's the thing that's uh, that you might not remember, but when CSI was 
kind of in its heyday, it was a phenomenon. It was, and this this was something they bragged about in all the fucking commercials, which is why it's burned into my brain. It was the most watched drama on network television for several years. Yeah, I remember that show and that series being real, real big. I don't know which incarnation of it was real, real big. The main although one. It, the main yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but I know that show got, well, let's just say fairly popular. I think that's I think that's accurate to say that. Yeah, yeah. This was, um, shoot, what when did this show premiere? But I, th- I think this was like the early 2000s. Uh, I know it was post Law and Order, which debuted, I think, like the late ni- late late nineteen ninety. Yeah, was, because was, it ran no, for I think twenty. Law and Order was the eighties, wasn't it? No, I think it like literally debuted on nineteen ninety because it ran for twenty years or around twenty years, and it went until twenty ten. That's when they shit can that show, or at least the original version. I, Special Victims Unit is still fucking going. Okay, uh, CSI dropped in the year 2000. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it basically caused the the re-explosion of the crime drama during the early 2000s. Um, because, like, think of all the other shit. Um, so ba- basically, and, and we'll get to it, but the hook of CSI is, they're scientists, what solve crimes? And we got so many other shows that were, they're blank, what solve crimes? Bones is one that comes to mind immediately. Yeah. I think that show probably would have came up around mid-2000s. Like, yes. 05, I think? Yeah, somewhere Sometime around, around there. there. Um, I so, remember that show getting really big around the same time, I think, like, Halo 3 dropped. Yeah. Bones had the benefit of being based on, on uh, like, a pre-existing series of books, I think. Yeah. Um, but there was definitely a bunch of things, like, there was Numbers, which was, he's a mathematician, what solves crimes? Solve crimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there'd, there'd be uh, different shows that would come at it from different angles. Like there was Without a Trace, which was um, about the missing persons unit of the FBI solving crimes. Yeah. Also, there... oh, sorry, just to cut you off real quick. I was dead on with Bones, September 13th, 2005. Nice. Um, yes. There's Criminal Minds, which I think might still be going, question mark, uh, which was about like criminal psychologists solving what crimes. Solve crimes. Yeah. Um, let's shoot. What the hell else was there? Uh, there was a special victims unit, which was Ice T. What solve crimes? <laughs> I I I feel like if you're a Law and Order spinoff, I feel, I feel like you're just kind of I don't know. Did 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 the Law and Order spinoffs happen after CSI, or was that already going on? Oh shit! When did SVU? I'll look it up right now. Um, I think SVU started at like almost the exact same time, actually. And order. SVU. Actually, you know what? I bet it came a little bit beforehand. Okay. SVU started in... Yep, 1999. Okay, well, there we go. Um, let's see. I, I, I also know that um, when we got... When sort of when network, network television... And again, this was in an era where, like, streaming Netflix was years and years away. And a lot of people had cable, but... Like, the, there were only a few, like, small handful of really huge cable networks, like things like Discovery Channel and stuff like that, like Comedy Central. So being, like, the biggest show on network television was a pretty big fucking deal at the time. Probably not so much now, let's be real. Yeah. But, like, so you'd, you'd it had gotten so pervasive that there were all these crime dramas where, like, it's blank, but they solve crimes, that we started even getting comedies that sort of lampooned that setup. Like, uh, Monk became a thing. Like yeah. Like, he has obsessive-compulsive disorder, and he solves crimes. Or, uh, Psych, where, like, he's a fake psychic, and he solves crimes. Um, which was also the plot of a real show. (laughs) Uh, like a a real, uh, crime drama called The Mentalist, by the way. So we had, we had an actual serious crime drama with the same plot as the, uh, as the comedy Psych. Um. So you had, like, the vanilla and the spicy versions, is that what you're (laughs) telling me? Yeah. And speaking of spicy, there was a cult classic Pushing Daisies, Pushing Daisies rather, which was he's a dude who has the magic power to bring people to life one time and he solves crimes. And it was Wow, a- that's an incredibly powerful ability. Yeah. Okay, so the hook of Pushing Daisies and I bear in mind, I've barely seen any bits and pieces of it. This dude has the th- has a thing where like if he touches a dead person, they come back to life, and if he touches them again, they die again permanently so he can bring someone back to life but after he does so he can't like touch them again so there was a whole thing where like he brought his 
wife, girlfriend, whatever, love interest back to life, and, like, but they can't touch each other lest she go back to being permadead. Well, that doesn't actually seem like that huge of a problem. I mean, it's not it's not particularly convenient, especially if you're lovers, but the alternative is that they're dead. Yeah. I mean, it's still a pretty fucking sweet ability, not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, I do want to go back to talking about uh, CSI itself uh, for a minute, because, again, I was really super fucking into it. Uh, so it, it had become, like, so much of a phenomenon that law enforcement started talking about something called the CSI effect. Yes. Um, because it the way it portrayed, like, lab tests and things and, and forensics made it seem like it was a very fast, very precise process. And it wasn't. No, it absolutely is not. Like, peop- so when uh, when prosecutors would, like, interview people to be on juries, they would, like, straight up ask them, like, look, have you watched CSI? If you have, you understand that that's not really how it works, right? Yeah, and you I... understand DNA tests don't take five minutes, right? Yeah, and you understand that we can't just hit enhance on the fucking photo. Yeah. Oh, man, CSI was one of the worst shows for fucking enhancing photos, dude! Oh, yeah, no, the enhance, 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 it's like, oh, fuck you. It's actually really interesting that you mentioned that. Uh, when I was going through, uh, when I started my... It was either like my first or second semester of college. Um, one of the dudes in there was like an ex-beat cop who had been on the forts for a while and was going and was going back to college. And he actually brought that up uh, because we were talking. And he actually brought that up and started talking about it. And he's like, you know, we had a case one time where the dude was dead to rights, guilty. Like they had DNA evidence and they had fingerprints and everything. But like the jury got hung because they told. Because at one point, the uh, defending attorney asked what the um, what the accuracy or precision or whatever the fuck you want to call it of a DNA test was in this case. He, I don't remember what case he said. It was, it was I think it was like an assault or something. Um, and they're like, well, there and he gave him a number where I think it was like, well, there's like a one in 100,000 chance that the D, something went wrong with the DNA test. And like the jury got hung on that because... They got so, because even though there was an overwhelming likelihood that this dude was guilty, like, they couldn't, they wouldn't convict because that wasn't like CSI. God. Yeah, it was, it's just bizarre how that show, because the CSI effect, and I know other people who worked as defense attorneys and shit like that as well, the CSI effect isn't like some bullshit, just isn't bullshit. It's a very real thing, or was, is it still a thing? I, I have to assume that, like, we still have live in a culture of, like, of, of crime dramas where mysteries get, like, murders get solved in, like, 45 minutes. So, like, I have to assume people are still, like, wrongly under the impression that, like, evidence in a crime scene is going to be, like, airtight and super precise and just... Yeah, like, no. It's probably the, still a problem. Yeah, and it's not... It's very, 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 very rarely ever is because it's not absolutely airtight 100%, it's beyond reasonable doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Really bizarre side effect. You, I and mean, you want to talk about... because, like, the, the show, like, they had actual, like, forensics experts working on the show. Like, the idea is they wanted to come at... Basically kind of jumpstart the crime drama by coming at it from a different angle was the idea. And, in fact, one of the things... Uh, I mentioned William Peterson, he played uh, Gil Grissom, the main character... His thing was he'd actually had played a lot of cops throughout the course of his career, and he didn't want to do it again. He's like, I'm not playing another cop, not doing it. And then when the people who made this show approached him and said, you know, basically, look, you're not going to be playing a cop. You're going to be playing a scientist. And he was like, fuck yeah, sign me up. Let's go. And that and so, like, the, the idea is that it... it so here's, here's one of the weird things about the show. It presents this version of law enforcement where... CSIs aren't just dudes in a lab somewhere that the police mail evidence to. They're actually going out in the field and analyzing the evidence themselves and basically Sherlock Holmesing this shit. Yeah, and if it's anything like Law and Order, they'll basically pre- play prosecutor as well. Basically, yeah, they're in the interrogation rooms with <laughs> instead of the actual police. And in fact, there would be the 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 show sometimes played up this like weird rivalry between the CSIs and the actual cops. Like that, that no, that doesn't generally. Yeah, that's that, it's it's a little weird. It's a little weird, especially like because like there was this running thing where like there was one particular police officer they'd keep butting heads with, who was kind of a crooked cop, and but 
It's weird because you have this show, like, a lot of these crime dramas are sort of predicated on the idea that, at least in this fantasy world we're working in, the police force is infallible. Law enforcement always gets the right guy. And then you present this this crooked police officer and, like, remind the audience that the people they're rooting for are themselves not actually police officers. And it, it creates this weird sort of, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, the fiction is falling apart, what are you doing? You can't violate the lore like that. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, so, and and one of the thing one of the things the show did is one of its big hooks early on, and it's something that became emblematic of all of its spinoffs as well. And I think some other shows started doing it as well. Is what they called the CSI shot, which is basically like science pornography, of like this dude's giving an autopsy, and then we're gonna fucking zoom in on a fucking like on on just this this physical. Uh, and like animatronic animation of whatever it is that's going on in this dead person's body that the that the uh, mortician is describing. Yeah, it, yeah. Is, is, that, is that what the dude who performs autopsies is called? Mortician. Uh, uh, coroner. Coroner. Thank you very much. I was blanking for some reason. Yeah, um, don't worry about it. I do that shit all the time. Yeah, and so like like the the mortician would be talking about like, and then his ribs broke, and then we get a whoosh, and then we'd suddenly get a, a picture of just this hyper realistic, like just puppet of this this rib cage just splitting apart and sometimes it would be cgi sometimes it would be physical stuff sometimes it would be a combination of the two but it's like yeah we're gonna show you in, in hyper detail a, a fucking eyeball exploding so you know exactly <laughs> you know exactly what the scientists are seeing and you would, know exactly how long this guy was rolling around in the ground on agony suffocating to death before he died it was really cool, though. It was really fucking cool. Like I, I was super into it, and and it was it was it, the show was such a big deal that like the fucking uh, the finale of I think it was the fifth season. It was a two part finale, was guest directed by fucking Quentin Tarantino, and oh what yeah yeah. So the 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 plot of that particular episode is one of the CSIs gets kidnapped and buried underground, um, by a dude who has like he's he's he he feels like his daughter what had like been wrongly convicted years ago uh based on flimsy evidence and he blamed CSI's for it and so he did a thing where he like kidnapped one of them buried him underground but in the coffin put like a camera and a web and like sent a website link to the rest of the CSI so like hey you can watch your dude slowly suffocate try and save him i dare you um which and then like fucking twist ending there's actually a bomb under the the coffin he was buried in so if they tried to pull him out it would explode it was a whole thing um, but like, so they had Quentin Tarantino guest direct the episode and for most of it, like, and the things they made a big deal about it, it was part of the advertising, big two part season finale directed by Quentin fucking Tarantino. And for most of it, you're like, well, this doesn't like, I, okay, this is competently directed, but the show kind of looks the same as it always does. Where's the Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino ness And then the dude in the coffin starts running out of air and passes out and we get a dream sequence of him being a cadaver on the slab and the two coroners from the show, like his co-workers basically like perform, like he gets the autopsy performed on him from the perspective of the cadaver. And it's really fucked up like this washed out, almost sin city type black and white with a little bit of coloring kind of thing going on. And it's played for comedy and it's all wacky, but it's gory and violent. And at that moment you're like, Oh Got it. There's the Quentin Tarantino bit. That's what they brought him in for. That's what we were waiting yeah, for. Th- yeah, there's the money shot. There we go. Yeah, so the, one of the things about uh, kind of my weird having used to be being like really into CSI is we all have things that we liked at one point uh, when we were younger, and we later realize, so, well, I mean... Theoretically, like at least for me, I know it's not a universal thing, but I think for a lot of people, you sort of realize in hindsight, wow, this shit's actually like really fucking problematic, which is, yeah. which is, I'm I'm not a big fan of the word problematic because it's so broad, but really it's the best word for this, because like there's a whole lot of shit of like, again, the idea that this presents a world where law enforcement is infallible. Um, there's it's basically violence porn a lot of the time. Um, there's the fact that, uh, the, the cast is overwhelmingly white and then like the one black dude gets murdered toward the end of one of the seasons and then, and then he's just gone. Like at that point, the whole cast is white. You're just done. Um, there's the, there's a lot of problems, a lot of problems with portrayals of transgender people. 
Like they 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 do sort of the crime drama thing where a trans person is always going to be either the brutally murdered victim or a psychopathic murderer themselves, and they're never anything else. Really? They didn't. They, oh yeah, I guess back then you couldn't even qualify for sex worker. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, occasionally, but usually that would just result in them getting murdered. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you know what? They'd bring them in for an interior. They'd bring them in and ask them questions, and then they'd probably show up dead at the halfway point in the episode, wouldn't they? Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 Oh man, but God, I just I used to be. What's What's weird is like, and I, and I mentioned this earlier. Part of the reason that like networks love crime dramas, love kind of procedurals. Um, and things like Law and Order and CSI and whatnot is because it's because they're so sort of formulaic and because like the recurring cast is so sort of secondary to everything that's happening. Like people who are just wa- randomly watching the show in syndication in the middle of the night on a shitty TV can just kind of jump in at any time. Um, so you don't need to worry about am I caught up on the continuity? Like, like I've never watched an episode of say. Uh, like I mentioned, The Mentalist earlier. I've never watched an episode of that show. I could probably just randomly watch an episode and know what's going on. Yeah, and I can absolutely guarantee you that was a huge part in me watching Law and Order back in the day because, like, I had this shitty TV and I got like three channels, and one of them was some, two of them were some garbage, and the last one I think was like NBC. I think was who aired Law and Order. And they would air Law and Order. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. And they would air Law and Order, so I watched that because I could follow what the fuck was happening in that show. And the answer is Ice T. Yeah, Ice T was what was happening in that That, show. Ice T is literally all I know about SVU. That's it. But I've I've seen a bunch of it because of course I have. Because it has Ice T in it. Yeah, watch that. Well, yes. But also, uh, the other thing is, not only does it mean that anybody can jump in at any time, which makes it a really good show for syndication. But also, because the cast is interchangeable, it keeps the show cheap. Like, the thing I mentioned earlier is I eventually jumped ship because the main actor left. But, like, I am I was looking at a list here of just what actors, what main actors were in the show and when they were in the show. And there's just a lot of coming and going. Uh, it, I'm looking at this, and there isn't a single main actor who was on CSI for the entire run of the show. A couple folks came really close. A couple folks came really pl- close. Uh, George Eads, who played the character Nick Stokes, almost made it. He was in the first 15 seasons, and he bailed before the last one. But no no one sticks around because they want to do other stuff. You know, they don't want to be on a crime drama forever. And also, they're gonna as long as the show's a hit, they're going to keep asking for more money. Yeah, I'll be honest, though. I'm surprised that you'd bail one season before the end. I don't think he knew when it was going to end. Like, I have yeah, to, I have to imagine there. he gets to the end of season 15, and this dude's just thinking, you know what, this show's never going to fucking end. I'm just going to get out of here. And then it finally ends. Like, one season later. And he's like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he—I don't think he regrets not being there for the series finale. I mean, the dude was there for the first 15 seasons, and honestly, I don't know—I don't know under what circumstances he left. Because again, that was—that was a good six seasons after I stopped watching. Maybe he fucking died. I don't know. Um, not the actor, the the character. I, I'm pretty sure George Eads is still alive. I can do want me to yeah, yeah, jump in, jump in. Let's topic. Start, yeah. I remember a couple of things about Law and Order. Uh, one of them was the way that occasionally Law and Order would do weirdly whipped from the headlines sort of bullshit plots. Where oh, that, a thing every crime drama loved doing that shit. Yeah, where a thing would happen, and then it was like we gotta talk about the hot new thing, but also we've gotta up the stakes because, as it turns out, normal like court proceedings are fucking boring and take forever, and don't make for very good television typically. Yeah. Um, I specifically, I remember the Law and Order episode that was the not Michael Jackson child molestation case. Yeah, yeah. E- except, like, in that episode, the not Michael Jackson was just, like, a normal white dude, which I guess in hindsight is actually probably for the best because, Jesus Christ, that epi- even my younger self knew that episode was already awkward as fuck. Yeah. 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 Uh, did CSI do anything like that? Um, Not necessarily, like, specifically a Michael Jackson one, but just, like, One that jumps out to mind is I know in the first season, uh, there was an episode, so you ever hear that news story about, like, I I think it was a lady, like, ran over a dude, and 
he got like caught in her windshield and then she just kind of parked her car in a garage for a while while he died. I do not remember that. That that was a big news story like way, way back in the day. And then like during the first season of CSI, there was an episode where that basically happened. But to to make you hate the killer more, they made him into like a scummy young, like fresh out of college lawyer. Yeah, and that's actually something that t- I know I mentioned that earlier that they change it. They typically change it by adding way more murder if they could. Like, um, well, they they added more gruesomeness to it. Like they made it such that this guy uh, tried to get rid of the body um, by burying it in lie in the middle of a park. And the reason they found the body is some like little kid was running through the park because it's a park. And fell over. He's like, he's like, oh god, the dirt burns my hands. And there was that whole thing. <laughs> Why would you bury the body in the middle of a park? Because like, this dude was supposed to be an idiot, I guess. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, I do remember. Um, so there's there's one episode of CSI, and here's the thing: if you want to know who's like an ancient veteran of the internet furry culture. Yes, say the I words, know exactly yeah, what you're yeah. talking about. Say the words fur and loathing and see how they react. The CSI what? episode fur and loathing. Well, you got to remember that was like pre 20 fucking 10 pre. That was back when furries were still kind of a niche thing. Yeah, I think it was the fourth season. I think so this would have been, I think, like 2004. It would have been mark. like 2000. Again, this would have been around the same time that like roughly around the same time that like Halo three to release somewhere during that time period. Yeah. And that was a, that was an entire like weird thing because back then the only like normies who knew about furries were the people who watched that one episode of CSI or like if you were German, I guess, I don't know. (laughs) What? What? There are a lot of fucking furries in Germany. Don't ask me why. (laughs) Don't ask me how I know that. But, um, yeah, so yeah, that's the kind of statement that raises more I've, questions. I've seen that map. I have seen that map that someone someone plotted out where all the furries in Germany are, and it's like it's. I think it's I feel just like you a could sheet. do that. I feel like you could do that with basically any country, though, and it would still work. Uh, I'm telling you, possibly, but like, man, they, I don't like stereotypes, but there's some truth in that stereotype. All I'm saying. Okay. All I'm saying. Also, that's a lie. You love stereotypes. I mean, it depends, but like, it, it, fuck you. <laughs> but I, I actually, I really vividly remember that episode um, of the, the fur and loathing episode because it, basically there was some. It wasn't entirely just making fun of furries. Like s- s- some of the cast members were shown to be like kind of open to the idea. What's weird is so the, the main character again, Gil Grissom, and I keep bringing him up because he was easily the best part of the show. Uh, he, he again, he was the dude who was like a scientist ass fucking scientist. Like, everything was an experiment to him. He was obsessed with bugs, all kinds of stuff like that. So he was, he basically approached going to a furry convention like an anthropological experiment. Like, he was just <laughs> like, he just he was just going in, like, just fascinated by everything he was seeing. Like, huh, mm, that's, that's, that's interesting. You know? I will learn the ways of these strange peoples and befriend yes. them. Yeah. And the, the, the thing is, like, uh, the, the deal of it was, is the dude that they, basically it got started with, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what the actual, like, killing was, so. The one, killing one was, dude, I the actually remember one dude was, like, it. made sick and barfing, and he got shot by a random dude out in the country who thought it was a coyote. Yes. But, and then, like, he got hit by a car who was coincidentally being driven by his girlfriend, who was the one who accidentally poisoned him, and was also attending the convention at the time. I didn't remember that part. Yeah. I remember he fucked around in, like, a ranch or something and got shot by a dude who thought he was a dingo or some shit like that. Yeah. It was, it was, there was some kind of jealousy thing. I, I forget exactly how it goes on, but there was, like, a twist where, like, they knew from the beginning that this other lady was also dead, but the thing is, uh, she was the one who hit the guy who'd gotten shot. Like, that was the thing, is they found, basically, they thought it was a lady hit a guy on the, uh, hit what they thought was an animal in the street and she died. But then it turned out the animal was a dude in a costume who had also who had also gotten shot, and they're like, "Okay, this is suspicious. We need to investigate." And then, like one of the like twists halfway through the episode is like, "We're trying to find this. We've we're there's this whole love triangle that led to this guy's death, and we're trying to figure out what happened to this lady." And after a while, they kind they just realize, "Oh, wait a minute. The lady we're looking for is the lady who crashed the car at the beginning of the episode." Because they they go back and they find the animal costume in her trunk. 
and then like, oh shit, okay, that brings everything together. Yeah, that that right there is a particularly like bizarre fucking because I remember that too, and it's like, wait, really? What? Yeah. Because that was about the time where I started to get that was actually about there was a time when I was sweet and innocent and undespoiled. Um, and that was about around the time I started getting in deep into the internet and just internet culture in general, and that came to a screeching halt. Oh man. Yeah. Fuck so, me. Memories. But it's so the thing that kind of got this whole thing kickstarted. The reason I came to you, like just specifically wanting to talk about CSI as opposed to any other thing we could be talking about right now. Yeah. Is um. So I did. I I was on Twitter and I did. I posted one of those photos. Like, uh, you, you know how those uh, basically like quote this and and I'll you know post a picture of my butthole or something like that or yeah or like you know like for every like i'll i'll post i don't know a, a, i don't know why i keep thinking just picture of my butthole no um, for every like i'll post a song i enjoy there we go yeah um, there it is there's something normal <laughs> that a normal human that a functional fucking human being would think of not even normal god damn <laughs> but the thing the thing is though um the thing was, uh, it was I posted the picture and it was like, for every like, I'll post a character who is important to me. And at one point, I posted uh, Gil Grissom, the main character from CSI. And a friend of ours, Fiona, uh, was ba- basically was like, man, Mike, really? CSI? <laughs> Come on, that show's fucked up. And and then I went, but I'm sorry, I, I used to be really into it. And I, so no. I, I started oh, thinking I a lot about just having something that used to be just a huge, huge part of your life. And then you look back on it, and it's just like, man, this thing is kind of fucking garbage. I'm kind of afraid to go back and watch it. And, like, it would not be hard to watch it. Again, I have the nine seasons on DVD. Nine seasons. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> and just, I, man, I don't know. I, like, because I know that horrible shit is still in there, but, like, there's something about the show that I used to like, and... I have to imagine whatever it is is still there. I mean, I've wallowed in, like, I mean, you and I are on a fucking Power Rangers podcast. I've wallowed in garbage from my younger days, fully aware that it's garbage and enjoyed it anyway. Like, I, I could probably very easily do that with this show, too. But I'm kind of afraid to. I mean, fair enough. I was actually pretty fortunate because the old show that I liked growing up was MASH, which is a show that I think has aged phenomenally well. That is a fantastic show. MASH is pretty much an unassailable classic, I would say. Yeah. Like, it's not flawless, but like... It's not flawless, but I guarantee you it's probably aged a hell of a lot better than CSI has. That show is very, very good. Um, But at the same time, I don't think it's... I mean... So you like a terrible fucking show that's kind of problematic. So so what? Just acknowledge that. I don't think it's that big of a deal, honestly. I mean, yeah. I like Postal 2, for God's sakes. And we oh, could God. Do it in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to talk about terrible fucking taste and liking problematic, awful media? Fucking Postal 2. Jesus Man. Christ, that fucking game. <laughs> Man, re- remember when uh, those dudes like basically made like a mod for uh, Postal 2? 12 years after the fact, making fun of how much they hate Postal 3 and how much they fucking love Gamergate? Yes, I do. Oh, boy. I do. And that's basically exactly in their wheelhouse. The fact that Postal 2, we could do an entire episode on Postal 2. Postal 2 is a textbook example of a fucking terrible piece of media that was weirdly ahead of its time in a whole lot of different ways that also kind of fell backwards into some really genius narrative devices. Because nothing redeemable about that game was deliberate outside of, like, one or two very specific instances. And, like, yeah. But getting back on topic. So, yeah, if you're looking to me, I don't think it's particularly bad. I don't think it's a problem, per se, to still enjoy a problematic piece of media, but you should be aware of its shortcomings and its faults and acknowledge them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck, rewatch CSI. What's the worst that could happen? You fucking hate the show? Probably, yeah. I mean, okay. Then what? Then I have to throw out nine seasons of DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I going to fucking put this shit? 
I mean, in the dumpster because if, if, if I keep it sealed away like it's fucking like the 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 Ark of the Covenant, then I'll just I'll never know. I'll no, never no, have to no, make no, that no, choice. No, 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 no. That's not the Ark of the Covenant. It's nine seasons of CSI. Oh God! Before we cap out here, we want to talk about how weird these shows inevitably get because they have to come up with new murder plots every single season. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so crime procedurals tend to get really weird the longer they run because they have to come up with new murderers and new murder plots every single season. And it's kind of like a photocopy of a photocopy situation. The first couple, several seasons are usually okay, but as you start to get run long, you start to get really, really weird shit. With like, oh, yeah. with like borderline jigsaw like mastermind type characters. No, like that that, to- that totally happened with fucking CSI. So, so yeah. it, it, it like I think it was like season like six or seven, maybe eight, some somewhere toward yeah. the end of where I was watching. Yeah, there was a there was a killer who basically they started finding these like crime scenes, these murder scenes, and at these murder scenes would be tiny, meticulously detailed scale models of the crime scene at the crime scene. <laughs> What? Yeah, and it was the miniature killer. Oh my god. Yeah! You know, when I brought this up, I knew I, you were going to bring up some stupid bullshit, because this inevitably always happens. Always? Because you go so long, because, again, in real life, it's typically, oh, this person was stabbed, this person was shot, and maybe, like, once in a decade in a precinct, you'll get some, like, really horrible shit, but 99% of the time... It was some dumbass was playing with a gun when he shouldn't have been and accidentally shot somebody. And that's the beginning and end of it. You can't obviously rehash the same plot, literally the same plot, over and over and again in a show. So you get shit like... You get shit like the miniature kill... Like, really? Yeah. Really? I think that's way stupider than anything I ever saw on Law & Order. And I saw some stupid shit on Law & Order. It turned out she went crazy when she was a kid because her dad was a ventriloquist. What? (laughs) No, okay. No, 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 no. Explain the episode and we'll end this. Explain the episode. No, I refuse. (laughs) Okay. I think that about does it. <laughs> okay. Um, so we've... <laughs> what, was, what was your original point going to be? Before I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think my killer. point was made. You actually made my point. It was that these shows get really fucking bizarre after a period of time because they have to. Because conventional, like, standard, sensible murder plots all just start to run together because there was a robbery, something went wrong, somebody went shot, got shot, somebody was playing with a gun and got shot, and you run out of normal shit like that really, really quickly. So after about four or five seasons, typically shit starts to get weird. Like, really, really weird. Yeah. Like, your father being a ventriloquist and driving you insane so you make tiny miniature models and become a serial killer. Weird. Yeah, like and, and again there was the, the, the big finale where one of them was buried alive and they got brought in Quentin Tarantino and just all kinds of shit. Um uh, so do, do you have any final thoughts about like Law and Order or anything like that before we get to questions? Um Cause I spent a lot of time talking about fucking CSI, but you didn't get to talk about Law and Order. The thing very about much. well, the thing about Law and Order is, I feel like these shows are probably interchangeable to an extent, and they probably are interchangeable to an extent. No, they're they're kind of interchangeable by design, I would say. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that because it's their shows very much designed to be their shows very much designed, and again, this was one of the reasons I watched the shows back in the day. Um, their shows designed where you know what you're getting. You're gonna sit down. You're gonna watch an episode. Oh. Uh, this person got stabbed or shot or whatever the fuck. Oh, there's a killer. Oh, the first killer wasn't actually the killer. What's happening? You know the fucking drill. It's it's always a murder too. Like no one just like no one ever does just does like a drug bust. It's always a and murder. if there's a drug bust, it's going to lead to either a hostage situation or a murder, potentially both, depending on the stakes of the episode. It was like that. Uh, you ever played the Phoenix Wright games? I did play the Phoenix Wright. Remember game. in the second one where like you you uh, get a dude off the hook for a burglary and you're like, man, that's a huge relief that we didn't have to prove someone innocent of a murder for once. 
And then there's the, the fucking prosecutor that comes as like, hey, so thanks for proving this guy couldn't have committed that robbery. It was his only alibi to keep us from accusing him of this murder. And you're like, <laughs> I, I, here I we actually go forgot again. That. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. Oh, fuck. Fuck me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so anyway, let's uh, let's let's get to questions um, from our friend Eric, aka Dumb Moon Rules. What's your favorite dish to eat that includes a pear? Fa- I think we previously established that I hate pears. Yeah, you fucking hate pears. I I think you called that. What did you call them? Like apples that taste like sandpapery shit or something like Some that. Of those, I, I, uh, they're apples that gave up on their dreams. Yeah, that's it, which is an amazing description for a pear. Thank you. I'm pretty proud of it. Um, Honestly, grilled pears are surprisingly good. Okay. That, I mean, I'm seriously surprisingly good. I'd say grilled pear. Okay. Um, okay, the other question we got is from Parallelo Dad, and he asks, How psyched are you for the 2017 film of the year Monster Trucks to come out? It comes out in January, so you know it's good. And I already linked you this uh, tweet from him. This you, it's the fucking poster. This I'm not gonna lie. This poster looks fucking badass. So, I'm liking everything I see in this poster. So this is like a movie where trucks are literal. Is the truck a monster, or is it just a monster driving a truck? I think I think it's a monster driving a truck, or like a monster who has been fused with a truck. I kind of don't want to. I kind of don't want to look up anything about this movie because I feel like it'll spoil the mystique. You know. Honestly, same. There's a lot going on in this poster. There's like, like it seems like a demolition derby. I don't know, like a truck fighting a semi truck fighting some kind of other car. It, it, they're doing kind of the the uh, the old school poster thing where like they took pictures and then made it look like it was painted or drawn or something. Because there's like there's just a lady on a horse. Uh, there's an, an older African-American gentleman in a wheelchair sitting in front of, like, a bunch of, like, like a junkyard. Decommissioned vehicles, yeah. Yeah, um, and then there's a couple of just nerdy-ass-looking white dudes standing behind glass, like they're watching the races, I guess. Honestly, this poster is fucking sweet. It is a pretty sweet poster. Like, the, the main thing is, like, this... This dude, I guess who's supposed to be the star of the movie, I can't tell who this is. This generically handsome 80s looking motherfucker. Yeah, just 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 generic white protagonist man. Um he's he's got like a welder's helmet, welder's mask on and he's like it's on his forehead cuz he's he's not he's holding it up so you can see his face. And then in front of his chest he's holding his what is that? It's that that big old X you use to like change a tire with. Yeah, the fucking I can't remember. I don't know socket wrench. I don't fucking. Yeah, but he's know. like he's like holding it over his heart all dramatically, and there's like birds all over the poster. Why are there birds, and why are the birds on the left white and the birds on the right blue? I don't know. Uh, maybe birds are symbolic for this monster demolition derby. I don't know. But the the focus of the poster is this weird like octopus thing driving looks- this fucking truck. Yeah, but it's like the octopus has like eyes and a face with like a bunch of jagged teeth. It looks like a cross between a shark and an octopus. It honestly looks kind of cartoony. Like this might be a kids' movie. Yeah, I'm looking. It's rated PG, so this I think this is supposed to be a kids' film. Oh no. Yeah, and like no. it's it says on January 13th, meet Creech. No. Oh, it just hit, it wasn't until I said it out loud that I got it's Creech, short for creature. Yeah. I get it. God damn it. Yeah. Oh God no, damn it! Nah. This is. I told you we shouldn't have looked it up. We ruined the mystique. This I didn't look anything up. Fu- this is just the poster. Oh really? I can't. I can't read the font that small. I don't have it blown up. But fucking no. Well. Yeah. The movie looks like it's gonna suck. Yep. <laughs> I love how you were totally one hundred percent on board with it until you saw the. Well, PG. if it said rated, if it said rated R, I'm immediately <laughs> on board with it. <laughs> You know you're getting titties. You know you're getting fucking terrible, probably, like, practical effects, hopefully. Practical effects, like, people getting, like, split open and fucking ground into the dirt and eaten by this monster truck. You know there's gonna be, like, a bitchin' sweet, like, monster truck rally scene where the people cheering. You wanted this to be a a low-budget, like, Z-list horror movie. And now that you know that it's a family movie, you just, you don't want anything to do with it. No, this would've been, this is perfect. 
perfect schlock because you've got the terrible wordplay in the title. You've got like an obvious setup for a finale at a monster truck rally where all the people don't realize that it's not a special effect and that the car is actually a monster and you got generic 80s looking attractive protagonist man and his girlfriend and they're smashing the trucks together. It's fucking it's fucking sweet and just all everything in between and it'd be, it'd be awesome. It'd be fucking awesome, but it's not. It's some bullshitty kids movie. Yeah. Fuck this. You know what's great is uh listeners, listeners, listeners at home. By the time we release this episode, this movie is going to be out. So I want you to just stop what you're doing and go look up like the the Rotten Tomatoes of this film and just see how it panned out. Just... What's the Rotten Tomatoes of this fucking film? Yeah. That's <laughs> I'm not actually going to answer that question because it would spoil it for the listener. Well, we we can't. Like we're we're recording it now like a week before it comes out. Oh, wait. That's right. Yeah. But okay. I'm, I'm saying that this is something magical that the listener gets to do is just look up what uh what monster trucks is is going to be. Uh we haven't watched the trailer or anything. I might go do it after we're done recording here cuz I kind of want to know. I'm morbidly curious. But uh, although Matt's probably making the right choice by just sticking to the poster. No, I'm going to be watching car- only quality movies this year, like Cars 3, so I can listen to Pixar whine at me about how much millennials suck. Oh my god. Okay, we have to do a quick digression about this. Cars 3 is about fucking millennials. Like what? Oh my god, it looks so fucking ass. Oh jeez. And and I, and actually, I, said as, I said as much on Twitter that like I, I, I believe in Pixar with Cars 3 to handle the youngest generation with as much respect and dignity as they handled the disabled in Cars 2. Hey, hey, remember in Cars 2 where they did the metaphorical equivalent of giving themselves a hydrochloric acid enema and then violently shat all over the physically disabled for 60 minutes straight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy is going to be telling you about how much computers suck. <laughs> That's gonna happen in that movie. Oh God! No, no, dude, he's not gonna tell you about how much computers suck. He's gonna be complaining about safe spaces. Oh my God! Yes, yes, I need this to happen. <laughs> Fuck! Fuck me! So we're gonna do a recording remember how, on Cars Remember how Pixar's three. first movie was about not losing your childhood innocence? I do. And now their newest movie is gonna be Get Off My Damn Lawn. Yeah, I do. I, let's be fair; it might. <laughs> I literally can't finish the statement. It might not be that bad without bursting into laughter. That's a really good sign, folks. Holy Honestly, shit. I'm I'm gonna be honest. Pretty much because of of our weird obsession with how fucking stupid the franchise is. Like, yeah, we're both probably gonna end up watching Cars Three. We're probably point, gonna wind up watching but, that fucking movie. We're probably gonna. But I was go- I was gonna say between the two of them, I would honestly rather see Monster Trucks. I would rather probably no. You know what? No, because the deal with Monster Trucks is I feel like with Monster Trucks, now that we know it's a kids movie, we kind of know what we're getting. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. That's jumping to conclusions. Cars Three is going to be like a the rare type of train wreck where it has a stupidly huge budget and just manages to fall down the stairs and face plant every single fucking step of the way. And it's a long flight of stairs to plummet down. Let me tell you, my friend. Oh, boy. Okay. I think I preferred my script for Cars 3. <laughs> what was your script for Cars 3? My script for Cars 3 involved Lightning McQueen getting... <laughs> You know what? <laughs> we'll talk about it off air. I mean, we saw the trailer for the actual Cars 3. I can't believe Lightning McQueen is fucking dead. Lightning, yeah, in my in my <laughs> version of it, the short answer is Lightning McQueen makes poor life choices and then bef- his last words before biting his own tongue off in his hospital bed and bleeding out are "Kachow, baby." <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Well, if you want more quality content like this, uh, head over to AudioEntropy.com, where you can find more episodes of Going Pear-Shaped, and you can find all sorts of other podcasts that are 
actually a lot better than this one. Um, yes. You can find uh, we're we're on Teenagers with Attitude, which is Teenagers with Attitude, the podcast that we're on that's actually good. Also, Zach lets us on that show for some fucking reason. I don't know why. I think just habit. I don't know why. I think, I think it's either. just habit at this point. I think he Zach doesn't know is, how to say no. I, I yeah, I was about to say I think Zach is like way too nice to say no. So he's like, oh yeah, Matt, you can you can come on the podcast, and then he spends every single minute regretting his decision. I mean, to say, yeah, I at least yeah. know why I'm there. Like, it's not that I'm funny. It's just that if I'm not there, no one else can stay on task. That's so. very true. So you at least have a point. I'm I don't know why he lets me on that podcast. Fuck. Yeah. Um, but you can also find uh, podcasts that don't have either of us on them and as such are way better. Um, you can listen to Totally Reprise, which is about Totally Spies. You can listen to Warren Beast, which is about Beast Wars. Uh, you can listen to Transmission Radio, which is uh, where three of our friends talk about what it's like being transgender. You can listen to Inside the Master Studio, which is where our friend Eric, who sent us that uh, question about pairs, like interviews DMs and about how they DM tabletop games. I love Eric's stupid fucking questions. They're so <laughs> terrible. Yeah, he's he is the best at sending terrible questions, but at least he sends them. And hey... <laughs> If you want to send us terrible questions, you can find us on Twitter at G-Shaped. That is at G-S-H-A-P-E-D on Twitter. Ask us anything. We just answered a question about the fucking movie Monster Trucks. Like, you, like really, nothing, don't let anything hold you back. If you have a question that you've ever, ever just wanted to throw at a fucking stranger on the internet and see how they respond, send it our way. That's also, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say also, you can send us good questions, but please, for the love of God, don't waste your good questions on this podcast. This isn't a good questions podcast. (laughs) No, it's not. This is not a good podcast. No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, Again, that is on Twitter at G S H A P E D on Twitter. And you can find us and all the other episodes of our show at audioentropy.com. And with that, I have been Mike. And I've been Matt. Also, you can listen to Let's Plays, but Let's Plays is the one podcast that might be even shittier than this one. In fact, scratch oh, man. that. It is the yeah, one no, it's... podcast that's even shittier than this one. Let's Plays is the worst thing humanity has ever produced. But it did objectively rank uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle as the seventh at the time, now eighth best game of all time. That's true. It's So it's it has at least one redeeming quality on it. It's, it's still a, a black hole from which no goodness can escape. Yeah, God, that podcast fucking sucks. So anyway, I've been been Mike. I've been Matt. And always remember, diddle yourself constantly. Hey, remember that one episode we did where like 600, where we talked about the accident where like 600 fucking people died and the outro was still diddle yourself constantly and about how incredibly outrageously inappropriate that was? Yep, we recorded it a week ago. Yeah. Bye, everybody.